So this morning what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to prophetically just share with you what I feel like the Lord is saying for 2014. And the message this morning is going to be prophetic in nature, hence a yeah, prophecy about 2014. So it's not going to be a typical message. It's not going to be a line upon line message, but it talks more in symbolism. So I'm going to be sharing more really from what from heaven's perspective. And so you're going to have to listen with a different part of your brain. And you're going to have to put on your prophetic hat in order to, to have really a spirit of understanding. And so um, I talked about this on Thursday, and I'm going to repeat a lot of what I said because... Um, I want it to be digestible for you. What I say, I want you to be able to not just receive it, but I want you to be able to consume it so that you can appropriate it for this year and you can agree with it. And if you can agree with it, then you're going to start to see these things begin to made manifest in your life. Amen? Amen. All right. So... Um, let me just pray again. Well, Father, I ask that you would release a spirit of revelation and a spirit of understanding that our eyes would see, Father, and that our minds could comprehend what the Spirit is saying in this hour. Father, I just thank you for the download that you've given to us to release to the body of Christ, and I bless you for it, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I want to share with you what I feel like, and, and uh, what we talked about on, let me back up, what we talked about on Thursday is, is prophetically, I'm going to share um, what I feel like the Lord is saying today. So I'm going to say, I, I'm going to share with you a rhema word for today. Also, I'm going to share with you the scripture that I feel like the Lord is telling us that we need to agree with him in prayer. So we need to be praying this scripture throughout the year. The third thing is I'm going to share with you about what I feel, what we're seeing the heavens saying, because there's signs in the heavens this year that we need to be paying attention to. So there are times through, so there's pro prophecies through space. And then there's also the prophetic in the timing or the calendar of God this year that I also feel is, is extremely important. So I'm going to be sharing these things with you. So let's go ahead and jump into this. Now, if this is this is going to run long because we had we had a, a lengthy worship and we had communion today. So I just want to tell you ahead of time: if you feel like you have to leave, you are free to go. You're free to be released. But I also encourage you just to spend a little extra time today and really press in. Not you. You you have to stay. <laughs> You're on the payroll. <laughs> uh, but but if you feel like you have to go, we bless you to, and we release you to go. Uh, uh, does that all sound good? Yeah. All right. So this is what I feel like the Lord is saying. The Lord, uh, the rhema word for this year. <clears throat> the Lord gave me a couple of dreams this year, which he told me is really prophetic for 2014. And in this, uh, the first dream, my dad called me into a, a restaurant to meet him at a really nice restaurant with white tablecloths, the finest silver, the finest china, and he was buying me dinner, and the two of us were sitting there, and we were having a wonderful, enjoyable time together, and he said, I've got a new car for you, meaning I've got a, a ministry for you. I mean, I'm, I'm bringing something new for you, and this is for the body of Christ, so when I'm telling you my dream, this is for all of us, okay? So he said, I have a new car for you. And I, uh, during that time, got impatient for the new car to come. So I actually left and I went to sleep. I left and I went to sleep. And then I woke up afterwards and I thought, I wonder if that new car is still there. And I went to his house and there, sitting in his driveway, was my new car. And the new car was a DeLorean. Now, this is a car 
that during the time, the DeLorean was a car that nobody had ever seen before. It was new. It was something that was that looked like kind of a kind of a space car, you know. So it and 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 the way that it functioned. Do you remember Back to the Future? So it wasn't just a car that drove on the road, but it was a car that could fly and it could go back in time and it could go ahead to the future. So it had, it, it, and remember what Doc said in the movie, Back to the Future, he said, where we're going, we don't need roads, right? So I really felt like what the Lord was saying through the fact that he's giving us a DeLorean is that there is going to be a supernatural ministry that's going to be available for the body of Christ this year. The second dream that I had is in the DeLorean. I was driving the DeLorean, and when I got onto a highway, I realized that I had gotten onto the wrong highway. And there was no exit on this highway, so there was no way that I could get off of this highway. And all of a sudden, as I realized this, the DeLorean takes off and starts to take me in the direction that I needed to go. And it was so awesome because I was, I was jetting around buildings, you know, and I'm landing, I'm coming into this highway, this super highway, and I'm, and all these cars are going really fast, and I just bring this car around, and I land it perfectly, and get into alignment with what God is doing. And I feel like that for a lot of us, what we've done is we've seen the promises of God, we've heard the promises of God over our lives, but we really feel like that we're on a highway that we can't get off. And that we're kind of trapped in the place that we are. And we're not seeing the promises. And we're not seeing the fulfillment. But God is saying, I'm releasing to you a supernatural provision that's going to come. And this is one of the scriptures for this year. Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Now, this, the other uh, scripture that the Lord gave us is that, and I feel like the dream really uh, lends itself to it is he gave us um, Isaiah 60. And that's the whole Isaiah 60. But I feel like the shining ones are rising this year. The supernatural shining ones out of, and here's another scripture, out of Zechariah 4.14. The sons of oil were actually the sons of shining. The sons of oil or the anointed ones were the Christ ones, the sons of shining. And I felt like the Lord said in my time of, of, of in prayer, he said the, that the shining ones are coming forth. The, the other thing, the other scripture is Luke 179, that as darkness covers the earth, the shining ones are going to begin to emerge. That's Isaiah 60 and Luke 179. And so these are important scriptures because what we're doing is we're calling the body of Christ to a 40-day prayer and fast starting tomorrow. Drum roll. Are you happy? All right, so you can decide whatever the Lord tells you, whatever kind of fast that is, whatever the Lord tells you. I typically do a food fast, and, I, and I've always had a lot of grace for that, but recently the Lord told me don't fast food. So I'm going to be fasting other things. Um, some of the things you can fast, you can fast entertainment, which I highly encourage you to do. Uh, you can fast busyness. Um, you can fast, I don't know, what are some others? Words. You can fast, you can fast um, criticism. That's always a good one. I once fasted talking for a week, and it was miserable. Because I love to talk. I'm like, well, 
and what's funny is when you fast talking and you have something funny to say and you go to write it and then there goes the conversation and it's just passed you by and you're like oh well and it's it, what's incredible about not talking is that you realize that well you're really not that funny uh, and also that the things that you say really aren't that important you're like well <laughs> the world really is continuing to turn without me talking amen all of you are laughing because you know me <laughs> all right so number one I feel like the Lord is saying is that there's unhinged acceleration coming in 2014 Number two, I feel like the Lord is saying that he's calling us back. He's calling us back into a place of rest in order to be commissioned and launched as we go forward. So remember, it was back to the future. So what did they do in the first movie? They went back in time. What did they do in the second movie? They went forward. Okay, so the Lord is calling us back. And I feel like this is going to be three months, beloved. I feel like the first three months of the year, the Lord is calling us back into a season of resting. Now, I want to tell you what resting looks like, because most of us don't really know. We're like, okay, what does that mean? Does it the Sabbath rest, or what does that look like? This is what it looks like. Be still, and be silent. And that's something that we can't even get our arms around today. Because if we, because when we're still or when we're silent, we're on our phones and we're checking our Instagram and we're checking our Twitter and we're tweeting people and we're sending out photos and oh wait, let me look at my Facebook and wait, then I've got my email and then I've got my, I've got somebody's texted me. Wait, somebody left me a voice message, and so so it's it's really about drawing away and that would be a great fast too saying I'm gonna fast social media for three months you want to see people manifest <laughs> it's like wait a minute nobody's saying good things about me nobody liked what I said that will really that'll really grab a hold of your heart preach it Tracy <laughs> all right this is what I feel like the Lord is saying. In order to go up the mountain of Zion, you got to put your car in low gear. When you are going to the highest heights, you've got to down, you've got to gear down, gear down, so that your car can climb up that mountain. Right? The third thing the Lord is saying, He's saying, "Go." I feel like there's a call to evangelize. Get out there. We're going to be getting out there this year, so y'all get ready. We're, we're actually going to be forming teams um, that are going to be evangelizing the area around us. And I will guarantee you, there's not going to be one person standing who is not a believer. Because <laughs> we're going out there after them. Isn't that good? Yeah. Isn't that fun? Aren't you excited? Yeah. We're going to go serve the neighborhood. We're going to love the neighborhood. We're going to love them into the kingdom. We're going to be baking. <laughs> you give somebody, I tell you what, you give somebody pumpkin bread or banana bread, oh they just came into the kingdom. It's that. Yeah. Five, uh, the, the fifth thing I feel like the Lord is doing is pruning the great to get, uh, pruning the good to get to the great. So when you see the Lord beginning to cut away some relationships in your life, cutting away at the things and the busyness of the day. And some of you may already be experiencing this going, what's going on, God? You know? Well, God's just removing. He's just trimming you a little bit because you can't carry those things into the next season. 
All right, so here's what I want to do. Um, Megan, I want to start a PowerPoint. Don't y'all love PowerPoint? I love it. Uh-huh. Okay, but I, let, I want you to skip through all of those, and I want you to go to the four moons, because we're going to do the four moons first. All right, so uh, f this year, 2014 and 2015, this is what the Lord is saying through the heavens. There is um, going to be signs in the heavens this year that are very, very, very rare. Um, now, this is not astrology, and I'm not going to be talking to you about the worship of the stars, which is what astrology is, but I'm going to be talking to you about, um, I mean, about... Uh, I'm going to be talking to you about astronomy, which is the study of the stars. Um, Genesis 1, 14 through 15 says this, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, or that word means signals, and seasons, and that word means the feasts or the holy days, and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. So he's saying that the reason that I created the sun and the moon and the stars were for signs that of, of me talking to you on these, on these feast days. So when, the, when you see these things begin to happen on the days of my feast, Pay attention to what I'm saying because it is a marker in time. All right. So based on the Bible, God uses the sun, moon, and stars as signals for his appointed times. Even in the New Testament, the disciples asked the question, what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? And Jesus said, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And then he went on to say, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draws near. So, there are four consecutive blood moons, which is called, which is what NASA calls a tetrad, coming, which is separated by a total solar eclipse. Now, he didn't do this just this one time, but the tetrads linked to Jewish history have happened three other times and only three times in 2,000 years. Now, this has happened eight times, but it's only happened three times that it's fallen on the Jewish feast day. And those three times, uh, go to the next slide, those three times, these are the three things that happen. So, there was a tetrad, or four blood moons, during the Spanish Inquisition, and that is where uh, Spain kicked all of the Jews out of, out of their country because they wouldn't become Christians. All right, this, the second, it happened during the season of Israel becoming a nation. And the third, during the time when Jerusalem came back into the Jewish state as their capital city. Okay, so you can see that these are, these are pretty important dates. And now we've got one in 2014 that, and 2015 that are going to be happening again. And so what we know is that God is speaking, so we need to be paying attention and we need to be praying, saying, God, what are you saying and how can we come into alignment with what you're doing? Right? Okay. 
A tetrad is defined as these four lunar eclipses. They consecutively occur during a specific interval of time. Lunar eclipses are relatively common, but total lunar eclipses are less common. A tetrad is a rare occurrence, and a tetrad with a total solar eclipse is even rarer. Furthermore, a tetrad linked to Jewish history has only happened, as I said, eight times in, or, or three times in the past 2,000 years. So it's very rare. So rare that this actually won't happen for another 500 years. And if we believe like we know we believe that we are in the last days and you see the prophetic signs of things lining up and Jesus said... What did he say in, um, turn back to the other slide, the slide before. He said this in Acts 2.20, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. So there has to be both of those because in the past, in the other three times that the tetrads showed up, there was not a full solar eclipse. So you, could, you, can't, you can't contribute this scripture to those events. This is the first time that both of these have happened. So I want to talk about uh, the, the, the uh, times that these are, are going to happen and the feasts that these are, are going to happen on. So let's talk about the first one, which is coming on April the 15th of this year. That is on Passover, which is the first feast of the year, and it's a harvest feast. It's a feast of harvest, okay? So, uh, agriculturally, it represents the harvest season, but uh, primary observances of Passover are related to the exodus of Egypt after the generations of slavery. So, pa a Passover means what it says. It's, it's the passing over, right? Or the passing over or passing through the door. Okay, that's really important because of what I'm going to tell you of what uh, the calendar year means for this year. Okay, so passing through the door. Again, who is the door? Jesus, Jesus is the door. Okay, the second is the Feast of Tabernacles, and here it's called Sukkot, but it's the Feast of Tabernacles. So the Feast of Tabernacles is actually the last feast in the Jewish calendar of the year, and it's also a harvest feast. So the two feasts that celebrate a, the harvest are when the, these blood moons are appearing. Isn't that interesting? So what do you think God's doing? Hmm? That's the first. That's the first and the second. Then the third um, sign in the heaven is going to be a full solar eclipse, which is on the first of Nisan. Um, now Nisan means redemption. Nisan also means that there are going to be miracles, but not just miracles, but miracles of miracles. So that is happening. The full solar eclipse is coming. The darkening of the sun. And then we go right behind it, right the next month. In fact, it's only what? I'm going to do my math. 14 days later. Did I say four? Yeah, 14 days later. So on April the 4th of 2015, you have another blood moon. <clears throat> now, here's some interesting things about, about Passover. Oh, let me go on. Uh, I'm sorry. And then Feast of Tabernacles on uh, September 28th of 2015. And the interesting thing about this particular blood moon 
is that it's going to be a super moon that is going to be able to be seen in the nation of Israel. So, have you ever seen a super moon? You know, where it comes up and you've seen them on like, I've seen it, I think I've only seen one, but it comes up over the horizon and you're like, whoa, that's a moon. You know, it's so weird, but it's going to be a blood super moon and it's going to be during the time that Israel is out in their booths. Remember the booths? So Israel goes out of their houses and they, they, they make these little booths for themselves and they celebrate the exodus, right? So they're in their temples, that, so they make the booths because they were wandering around in the wilderness and so they, they commemorate that. So they're going to be outside when that blood moon comes and rises upon the horizon. You think God is saying something really loud? That's like an exclamation point. I'd be like, what? All right, so here's some interesting facts about Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles. Not only are both harvest feasts, but the Passover, with the Passover, the blood was spread over the door. And with the Feast of Tabernacle, the blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat. So both of these feasts involve the blood of Jesus and the blood moon. I believe that we're crossing through a door which is the blood of Christ coming to the place of launching us into the tabernacling of God through his great and abundant mercy. I'm going to say that again. I believe that we are crossing through the door which is the blood of Christ coming to the place of launching us into tabernacling with God through his great and abundant mercy. I believe that the shining ones are about to arise. And I believe that there's going to be great turmoil around the nation of Israel in these next two years. But as the darkness gets darker, then the light will rise on the sons of God and there will be miracles of miracles. We are going to be doing the greatest exploits ever known to humankind. That's what I believe. I believe that this is a time of unveiling the sons of God. And I say that with, with all my heart. And that's why I've done this uh, for two days in a row, both Thursday and today. Okay, are y'all good? Okay. So I'm going to move on now, and I'm going to move on to the calendar year. Um, Megan, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, for more information, thank you, Matthew. For more information on the blood moons, John Hagee has written a book about it. So I encourage you to get that, John Hagee, H-A-G-E-E. -E. You can get it, uh, you can actually download it and uh, off of Amazon. If you have, um, if you like to read your books on your computer, that's what I do. All right, um, let's start with calendar year. Okay, this year, uh, 2014, the Hebrew year is 5774. I know, right? So old. How'd you like to write that on your checkbook? 5774. All right, so um, in Hebrew... It's very interesting, the language of Hebrew, and especially when it comes to the calendar, the Lord talks to us in three different ways. The, 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 uh, the calendar year is conveyed not just in numbers, but also in letters and in pictures. 
So there's three different ways that the Hebrew language is conveyed to us. And, 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 it, and that's why the Hebrew language, which is really God's language, is so incredibly beautiful, but it has so many layers of revelation in it. So when we look at this, when we look at the year, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people believe that there is prophetic revelation and prophetic, um, a prophetic destiny in what the calendar year says. Now, now what this is not, is this is not the Chinese New Year. Uh, my, somebody said to me, oh, it's the year of the horse. And I went, where did you get that? <laughs> I, I don't even know. And she said, oh, it's Chinese. And I'm like, okay, the, that's not God. The, the, the Hebrew calendar is God's word. And it's God's calendar and it's God's timepiece for us. So, so uh, looking at the, the, a calendar without an understanding of the Hebrew calendar is like looking at a clock without the arms on it and trying to tell what time it is. Not understanding the feasts and not understanding, it's like, well, I have no idea what's going on in God's timepiece and God's calendar because I don't understand how God has always spoken, so therefore I don't know how he's speaking today. So that's why this is really important. Can I have some water? Oh, okay, thank you. Okay, so this year is, um, 2014, is 5774, or um, Ayin Daylet. Ayin Daylet. Say that to your neighbor. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? I feel like I should go, <laughs> something, Hebrew. <laughs> All right, anyway. So Ayin, uh, go to the next slide. Ayen means to see or to realize. It's a prophetic picture of the eyes. Two eyes. I've only got one there, but there's another one there somewhere, I'm sure. So what the 70s represent is the 70s and this, this decade really represents a prophetic decade or a prophetic time to see. And if you can see, then you can understand. So not only is this a spirit of, of revelation but, uh, or, or, or a, a time of revelation, but it's a time of understanding. And so th th having the eyes to see you also have the ability to apprehend. And so what he's doing is he's pulling back the veil of this generation so that we can be again to say, you know, the Lord's speaking to me. How many of you, how many of you, like 10 years ago, five years ago, ever, you know, had dreams or visions? Right. And I mean, now the whole body of Christ, I mean, everybody is beginning to have these kind of incredible revelatory experiences. And I can tell you that my time with the Lord has gone to a whole new level. Like I'm getting, I'm going to, into these, these visions that are just incredible and phenomenal. And I'm, I mean, you know, and I'm just a person. I'm just a girl. This is available for all of us. <laughs> Okay, I want you to know I didn't want to use my glasses today, so I, I made my font 18. <laughs> but it's, I still can't see it. <laughs> Extend your hands to me and pray for my eyes. My spirit eyes are open. Ah! Come on, and the natural, come on. All right, my, my staff makes fun of me. Love them. All right, and uh, Dalet, okay, so Dalet, there are three things about the meaning of Dalet, which is the number four. 
Dalet actually represents um, a door, but it's not just any door, it's, it's a tent door. And so it's a door to the tent. And you remember, if you think about, how many of you saw the, the Bible miniseries? I just, you can get that. I got it at Mardell's on sale for $13. I mean, that's incredible. Well, it was after Christmas, but anyway. So uh, I really encourage you to get it because it, it takes you back and it shows you the way people lived back then. But anyway, so there, there they were, but you see the tent and you see the life that they lived and how they lived in tents and how the whole community lived together out in the desert in tents, you know? So uh, it was intense. <laughs> you are <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep, it was a pun. All right. So, what uh, about this 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 tent? The tent back then was really a place, and the symbol of the tent is really a place of limitation. And this is the tent door. So, the, and the tent door. The reason that you see it, and it's a symbol that that looks like an upside down L, is because it's the place where the um, the flap has been pulled over, and that's how the tent got opened. Is the flap would be pulled over, and then they would tie, to, you know, like you do drapes these days. You know, you would tie something to hold it in place. So the tent door is now open, but the tent really represents a place of of limitation. And I use Isaiah fifty four two. Um, really to, to ground this because it says enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. And so, and, and so in order to have an unlimitingness what they were doing is they were saying in, in, in Isaiah enlarge this place because it's too small for us and it's confining us. How many of you felt like really even in 2013 you know what the promises of God are, but yet you felt hemmed in. Give me a show of hands. Okay. All right. That's really good. I mean, not good, but you know what I mean. So you know you're in the timing of the Lord because we're all in the same place, and so we're all experiencing the place that God has us. All right. So the tent is a place where the children of Israel grumbled. Whoops. And I really feel like that we've been in a season and we've been in a time where the promises of God, he's speaking to us and he's talking to us, but yet no matter what we've done in our efforts, we haven't been able to apprehend those promises. And so there's been a wrestling and really even a complaining in the tent or like Sarah and Abraham, they both laughed in their hearts. When the, when the promises were there, they were kind of laughing going... <laughs> Right, I'm going to have a baby at 100. How's that going to happen? But that's how a lot of you are feeling. You're like, I've had this baby in me for so long that I just don't even believe anymore. And you're, and, and you're wrestling it out and you're grumbling and you're saying, God, this isn't, this, you know, how is this possibly going to happen for me? You know, I'm just going to give up. And that's really where I feel like a lot of us have been. So we're going to draw inward and keep grumbling or we're going to come out of our tent as we hear the voice of the Lord.
because the door has been opened. Deuteronomy 127 said, And you complained in your tents and said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis 15, 1 through 5. Genesis 15, 1 through 5. Verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Now, why do you think he said to him, Don't be afraid? Because he was afraid. Yeah. What's he doing? He's hanging out in his tent, grumbling. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. It's the grumbling. Going, God, you promised this, but look at, look at the evidence of my life. You said this, but look at what's going on. And, and uh, bah, 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 where am I? And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, "This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from you, or from your own body, shall be your heir." Then he did what? He brought him outside of the tent and said, look now towards heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. See, I feel like the Lord is saying that this year he's going to bring you out of that place of confinement and that place of limitation. And so he had to bring him out of his tent. But what's required when you pass through the tent door? You got to bow. You have to bow in order not to hit your head from all that pride that you got going on. And so as we bow, as we bow into the place of rest and we bow into the place of, of humility, what happens is that we're actually able to apprehend this place of commissioning. See, Dalet is these two things. It is um, the tent, not Dalet, but the tent is a place of limitation and it's a place of grumbling. But the tent door is the passage out of the limiting place to the launching and commissioning into our promises. Deuteronomy 31 verses 14 and 15 is where the Lord tells Moses, listen, it's your time to go. It's your time to, you, you, the, it's time for Joshua to be commissioned. You are not going into the promised land, so I want you to bring Joshua in here, and we're going to commission him for, uh, for the season of crossing over. Then the Lord said to Moses in verse 14, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, the time for you to die is near. 
Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting that I may commission him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. Here's, here's the beauty of this scripture. The Lord then appeared in the tent in a pillar of cloud. And the pillar of cloud stood at the doorway of the tent. The presence of the Lord is going to encounter you at the place where you're bowing. For the, for the next three months, the Lord is saying to the church, bow. Why? Why? Because he's saying it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That this will come in no other way than the way of rest. Remember what he said to David when David said, I want to build your house. And so, so many of us have been so busy trying to do the, get the promises of God. Okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to work, 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 work. And the Lord's like, you know, the work that I've called you to do is to rest in me and then steward what you see me doing. So if you find yourself tired, if you find yourself, you're like, I'm so weary, I'm so tired. The Lord is saying to you, come away with me, Mary. That's why I love that song. I feel like Jeremy's CD is so incredibly prophetic for the season. And the timing of it couldn't have been more perfect. Move over, Mary. Because I am going to stand right by, I'm going to, I'm going to bow right by, beside him. Right by his side. And let my tears fall on his feet. Through Dalet or the door, expect a launching and commissioning of the shining ones. A commissioning by God. Shining because we are going through him as we pass through this door. I'm telling you, I could not be more clear or more bold about what I'm telling you about going away with God, about coming away with God, about looking at your calendars and reworking your schedules and, and saying, I've, God, what do you want me to do this? What do you want me to do? How am I going to apprehend this? Beloved, I'm telling you, these blood moons are a sign to the body of Christ that something is about to change. So number one, the shining ones commissioned by God. Fire is coming to the oil in your lamps. But if you ain't got no oil, you're not going to burn. Number two, evangelism, a new anointing for the lost to come in. And number three, abundant provision is coming to the body of Christ. You businessmen, I want to tell you something. There is a, God has been breaking off um, relationships that are not benefiting you. He is taking away relationships and wicked uh, connections that have not served you. And so at the beginning of this year, just watch those things begin to transpire. And as God said to Moses, or uh, Abraham, do not be afraid. Because I'm working on your behalf. Because you cannot, the higher you go, the less luggage you can take with you, beloved. You know? So God's taking the good in order to get to the great. All right. So here's what I feel like are five keys to success this year. 
Number one, identify who God, who the God-assigned voices are that are speaking to the baby in your womb. Because there are people that will come and tell you the whole laundry list of everything that you're doing wrong in your life. You need to silence that voice. Bless them, love them, encourage them, but don't give them a place to speak to the baby in your womb. You want the people that you know will help to bring that thing forth. Those God uses to refresh you and to give you hope are in fact the ones that he sent you sent to you to help you find water in this time and for this year. Number two, update your priorities and relationships and to prune everything that's still clinging to the former season. So whatever you fail to prune in your life will occupy the space allocated to the new things God wants to bring to you. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Update your priorities and relationships and prune everything still cleaning to the former season. Whatever you fail to prune will occupy the space that God has planned for the new things he's bringing forth. Have you ever seen a rocket ship try to take off with a bunch of baggage in it? I mean, they, they know exactly how much weight they can put in that rocket ship. NASA does. And if they overload it, then it cannot take off. So, the, so God's coming to light a fire under you and he's going to commission you and launch you this year. But beloved, if you've got too much baggage, you ain't going nowhere. You're going to stay in that tent and you're going back around that mountain. All right, number three, be still. Be still and be silent. A lot of you need to go to the park. You need to go, you need to come into the prayer room and you need to just let the, the worship with the word or the contemplative worship wash over you and you just need to be still. Or you need to go to the park and you need to stare at the ducks and just say, God help me to be still. Help me to learn to love silence. You cannot be rejuvenated. God made us for silence. You cannot be rejuvenated if you cannot stay in a place of rest. Come on. So the goal is to hit the refresh button on the screen in your mind like a computer. So number four. What's the goal? What's the goal? What's the goal? For 2014, connecting with God in such a way that the end state for you is one where your mind and your emotions are in a place of peace and energized from a place of gratitude and appreciation. The goal in the first stage of communion is to enter an atmosphere where your mind and your emotions access stillness. You want to enter a place of peace accessing, accessed by diverting your focus from yourself to him and from your need to what you're thankful for. So taking the shift off of the nasal gazing, and it's not that we're not called to, you know, evaluate ourselves, but beloved, I'm telling you, you need to stop looking so hard at everything that you're doing right and wrong and look at him and let the truth come, which will set you free. Yes. Yes. Wow. Okay, 
Number five. Now here, the the the, the first four are really um, about going low, and it's about going in this place of of uh, being in this place of bowing. And number five is really about going out. I want you to plan according to the blueprint from God. So after steps one through four, begin to plan your year according to the dreams and the burning that God gives you. You should begin, after steps one through four, you should begin to see the doorway and to see the plan for your life because many of you are being rebirthed in this year. Many of you are being dusted off, you know, and you're like, I, you know, there's no way that God's going to use me. You know, it's been too long, I'm too old, I'm too blah, 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 you, you, you know, I don't know enough, I don't know enough of the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you what, revival never came, the history of revival has never come through a theologian. It hasn't. Just get fire in your belly and love in your heart and you'll see revival. All right. So my goal for you this year is I am committed to seeing that you get your DeLorean. That you can fly, that you can soar. And that even though you feel like in the past season you've been hemmed in, that this next season you will be able to apprehend what God is doing. And I want to speak to you now from my heart, not that I haven't, but I really, want to, I really want to speak to you heart to heart here and tell you that I believe that the body of Christ is suffering from hope deferment. And so, um, Peyton, come on up. I want, you to, I want you to worship over us because I want to break off the places in your heart where you've lost hope. Because if, if, because the thing about God and the things that he says is that the way to apprehend it is the way of faith. You know? And beloved, I'm there, you know? I've been through a lot of this myself, you know? I've been wrestling with God, uh, you know, over just incredible prophetic encounters and, 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 and visions and promises. And I love what they said at IHOP this year. I felt like the main theme at IHOP was this, this year is don't give up. That longevity to God is important. You know? And that even though you haven't seen it, doesn't mean it's not going to happen.